Hello and welcome back to the Sugar Pink Podcast. I am joined today by a very special guest. This is going to sound really super showbiz, but we met each other when we did some filming together. Uh, we're not allowed to talk about it yet though, annoyingly. And he is a fellow foodie, a fellow home cook and blogger. And I want to get him on to chat about all things food. So, Richard from Family Home Cook, welcome to the Sugar Pink Podcast. Thank you for having me. Been looking forward to this since we spoke about it on our top secret filming mission. <laughs> I know, it sounds really ultra showbiz. I never thought I'd be uh, saying anything like that. But when the thing that we did comes out, maybe you can come back on and we can actually talk about it properly. Yes. Without having Definitely. to sound like we're spies or something. Definitely. People are going to think that we're going to be up to something really cool and then it's like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be on for four and a half minutes total. <laughs> it was still lots of fun though. Yeah, it was it was fun and crazy and I can't wait to be able to talk about it. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, we might be on like the beginning of every show with that, that morning that we had to do. Yeah, imagine, oh. imagine. The like... Anyway, I can't say anymore. I can't say anymore. That's it, that's it. That's it. No more. Top secret. We'll, we'll get in trouble. We'll get in trouble. <laughs> so, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your relationship and story with food so i didn't really get into food until really about 2003 so i would have been about i would have been 23 and i moved in with uh, my then girlfriend now wife mm-hmm. and um, before that i was living at home and I had my mum and dad cooking and i was always brought up with good family home cooking my dad's spanish my mum's english and they lived all over the world so it was always home cooking, but it wasn't until we moved in and I discovered Jamie Oliver. Mm-hmm. And then that, that was it. The, the seed was planted and food was everything. Yeah, do you know what? That's the same for me. I used to love watching cooking shows when I was younger. I loved Jamie Oliver because he just had that like proper, delicious food that you could cook easily at home. There wasn't like fancy stuff that you had to go out and look for. Yeah, and it, 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 there was no one like him because... All foodie TV, because my mum used to record food TV all the time. There would be videos coming out, VCR, like planes taking off at Heathrow, just constantly recording stuff. And it'd be like Delia Smith, Gary Rhodes, uh, Anthony Warhol Thompson. Not that to discredit them in any way, but they were boring for mm-hmm. somebody young. And then you've got Jamie Oliver, who's not in any chef whites, he's in his kitchen at home, he's spinning down the banister, yeah. cool music, and it's just bish, bosh, bit of this, bit of that. And it just reached out to a whole new generation. Mm-hmm. So was it Jamie Oliver that kind of made you start cooking? And, or did you like try his recipes or did you just try from scratch? Well, you know what? It was The Naked Chef and I watched the first, it was on play on repeating all day on whatever channel it was. And I just literally stopped watching it and I went to the shops, so WH Smith or whatever, and I, I went and bought the first two, because it would already been running a few years, I think, before I discovered it. Right. So I went and bought the first two books. And I think the first dish I tried making was a risotto, and it was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> I absolutely, completely messed it up. But it didn't deter me. I just carried on, and I just kept watching Jamie Oliver, and I kept watching the, the same food channel. And then I also, through Jamie Oliver, then discovered Ramsey. Yes. And he was completely black and white, you know, compared to Jamie Oliver. You got Jamie's cool and giving it all this, and you got Ramsey just rollicking mm-hmm. people and blasting him. And that was, again, that was so cool as well. Absolutely. Something different. Yeah, definitely. I They're probably like two of the chefs that I really like, but I would never want to work with Gordon Ramsay because that would just not be good for my soul. To get yelled at like that, I'd just get really upset. I'd be the person that would get kicked out of his kitchen first because I wouldn't be able to take the pressure. Oh, no. Have you seen a... You must have seen a Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, I've seen that, where he's punching the salmon because it's raw. No. Oh, I'd love to go on it. I'd love to go on it just to get the new rollocked at I can see you just you'd be that guy that walks up to Gordon Ramsay like toe to toe like yeah really <laughs> pulling off me shit me whites and throwing it at him yeah. ultimate drama yeah oh yeah I love Ramsay So you mentioned uh, briefly there that you had kind of a Spanish influence growing up. So do you think that's something that you take through food yourself? Or I remember yeah, you getting I mean, very was, angry about I mean, a paella. Oh, my dad makes the best one ever. Uh, and he was, he was 
shown by some old Spanish dude, uh, and he's done the same recipe for years. Uh, I've adapted it slightly. I cook it slightly different to my dad, mm-hmm. uh, but that's what cooking is about, isn't it? You, you evolve it and you, you make it more tailored to yourself. Um, but, yeah, paella, my dad, most weekends he would be in charge of the cooking on Sunday. We'd have a big kind of stew, a big pot of lentils, what my dad would call mountain food. And uh-huh. you can just guarantee it's a huge pot. It's coming to the centre of the table and your spoon's going in and there's got to be a big chunk of bread. And, yeah, he was a big influence on, on growing up on, on food like that. My mum would do more traditional stuff, English stuff, but then she would also do a bit of Dutch stuff because she was... Uh, she lived in uh, Holland for a bit but I remember as a kid and being at my friend's house and uh, ringing my mum it must have been like a Saturday and going what's for dinner and she just reel off this Spanish word and I go what what the what my mate's having pizza and chips what, what <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> what is that so uh, I'm going and at school with packed lunches it'd be you know everybody would be having you know cheese and pickle sandwiches I'd open it I've got like a baguette with some mortadella or some chorizo and everybody like what, what you got there you <laughs> you <Yeah>. got lunch <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool though that's that's amazing hey looking back yeah it was but as a you at know, the time no probably not yeah like, <laughs> no, no you're all right no. say I've got some fish fingers or a pie or something from the school canteen yeah <laughs> I don't want the chorizo, mum. <laughs> no, no, I can't get enough of it. So when you were kind of getting into more cooking, did you? was it something that you did every day? Was it something that you kind of did to survive or did you start to really get into the creativity of cooking? It, it really took over uh, my life for probably 12 months uh, where I would be coming home and I would be cooking something new every day like working my way through recipe books i remember one day just like a random wednesday or thursday getting home and making a beef wellington like wow just just on a you know normal day of the week and i would just try lots of different things i even stopped like buying ketchup because then i found like because uh, then i discovered gary Rhodes and he i found a recipe for making your own ketchup and it just it got out of hand to be fair you know <laughs> No more McDonald's. I avoided McDonald's for years and no ketchup. I'll make my own. And it just, it got a bit out of hand. <laughs> uh, but it was great. It was great fun. And then it um, it mellowed out a bit and it just became more uh, cooking. Cooking during the week would be a bit more simple, you know, pastas and, and stuff like that. And then the weekend is like trying to push the boat out and trying something a bit more fancy and, and, and stuff like that. But yeah, always, always like to cook. That's really cool. And you've done some uh, TV stuff before that you can talk about now because it's in the past. And that was MasterChef. You were a competitor or a, what do they call it? A chef on there. Contestant. Contestant, yeah. Failed contestant. Oh man, that was a, a roller coaster of emotions. That was, I wasn't on there long. I could have been on there longer. I knew I wasn't the type of cook that would make it to the end, but I knew I could have gone further than, than I had. Um, to be honest with you, I, I applied prematurely. Mm-hmm. If I would have thought about it and thought, you know, yeah, I fancy a go at MasterChef, give it maybe 12 months before applying, get, you know, step up my game, then I think I would have gone a lot further. Um, especially the way I cook now to the way I did back in 2016, four years ago. Um, a, a lot better cook. Um, so it's one of them things. You, you, you live and learn. It was... I complete basically the way I applied for that show. I'd been out on the last room of mates, <laughs> had a complete skinful, came home with the biggest doner kebab and all sorts in it, and I was sat there watching Master Chef and thought, ah, I can do that, no problem. <laughs> and then woke up the next morning with that still in my head, applied and didn't think anything of it for about three months till I got a phone call. <laughs> three months? That's then, such a long time. I know, and then the uh, the roller coaster of uh, interviews and chats and skypes and and all that kind of stuff started Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah it was uh wasn't planned it wasn't planned so anybody thinking of uh, going on masterchef yeah think it through (laughs) (laughs) don't do it when you've got a bit of alcohol confidence (laughs) oh yeah 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 definitely definitely i mean i'm glad i did it you know it was a it was an amazing experience it was very nerve-wracking it was just i wish i would have 
put a bit more thought into it. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not the kind of cook that would win it. You know, I'm not that refined or posh cooking, but I know I could have gone a few more steps ahead. You know? mm-hmm. But hey, it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. At least uh, I had a go. Yeah, exactly. So did you get opportunity to like plan your dishes ahead? Or was it like some you did, some you didn't? Yeah, well, they, they, they played a right trick on us because um, the first round we would sold would be our signature dish. So I was spending a fortune on buying fillet steak and constantly perfecting this signature dish. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when it got to the point where we were all there in front of our little kitchenette, Greg or John, one of them, went, uh, right, got a new thing for this year. There's a mock-up uh, little supermarket there. You've got 10 minutes to grab some ingredients, and then you've got, uh, I think it was an hour and 20 minutes to knock up one dish or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man. So straight off the bat, it was like thrown to the wolves, and everybody's walking around this little mock-up market, and everybody's grabbing things, and I'm just walking around like a moron. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do. <laughs> Thinking, oh my God, I'm going home here. And then uh, I, man- I spotted these amazing wild mushrooms and then next to it was some um, truffle. And I thought, right, I need to do something with that. Then I spotted some flour. So that was it. I knocked up um, uh, wild mushroom ravioli with a sage butter sauce and it- I absolutely smashed it. And that got me through to the next round. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. The next round, the wheels all came off and that was it. <laughs> That's still amazing. You know that you smashed a round of MasterChef. Like, who cares? I did. I smashed it. I'm very proud of that first round. The second round, uh, I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, raise from my memory. Yeah, amazing. So, you've you've got um, John Tarode and Greg Wallace on MasterChef. You, yeah. I noticed from your Instagram when I had a little stalk. You, you've met quite a few celebrity chefs. You've dined at quite a few celeb chef places. So, yeah. Spill, who who have you met? Who are your favourites that you've met? I've met, uh, let's have a look, Gizzy. I met Gizzy last year. She's mm-hmm. amazing, really nice, uh, down to earth, tells you as it is. She's got no problem telling you how it is. Uh, Dean Edwards, met him. He's a really nice bloke, uh, fellow master chef. He's done loads of stuff. Um, we were in contact uh, quite a bit on Instagram. Uh, met Matt Tebbit or Tebbit or Tebbut as my daughter calls him mm-hmm. on Saturday Kitchen at a food festival again really nice bloke who else have we met met Rick Stein years and years ago ah. story, we, were in a, we were in a me and my dad were in a hotel bar in London and uh, he, he points out behind me goes look, look who's behind you look who's behind you went who because I didn't want to like, just spin around I went who's there he went Keith Floyd <laughs> He said, what, Keith Floyd? He said, Keith Floyd. And then turned around, it was Rick Stein. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. You get, I feel so like I you get to, with like famous people sometimes. If you see them out of the set and you're like, I know that person. I really know that person. And you think it's someone else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, Rick Stein was lovely and he spent time to talk. Um, met Gino DiCampo with my daughter and he was really nice, really funny, like you see on TV. He had spent loads of time talking to my daughter, signed a book. But, biggest name in the cooking industry for me and the complete don is Marco Pierre White and I met him and it was absolutely amazing it was at a food show and I got to watch him cook I was proper geeking out I was made sure I was the first at the queue so I was on the first row amazing me (laughs) too it's just exactly how you see him on tv he's charming he's charismatic he's funny he's just Mm -hmm. a don and then I spent time to talk with him for about five, five, ten minutes. He signed my book, his autobiography, and it was that. Yeah, he was, he was a, he was a don. He's That's amazing. That's so good. Because sometimes, like I've gone to those chefy food places like that where you get a signature, and sometimes it's so busy they're just like sign it, pass it on. So it's nice when they like take the time. I remember uh, Paul Hollywood like years ago. I went to this cake show thing, and like it was so busy that he just didn't even look at you to when he signed the book you literally like walked up to him he signed the book and passed it on to someone else you weren't allowed to take a photo anything it was just like no but um have you you've not met jamie oliver then not yet no he's on the he's on the list he's on the list he's the he's the main man every year you know it's a new year's revolution meet jamie oliver this year 
meet Jamie Oliver. I mean, although he does follow me on Twitter. What? Uh, and uh, or, his, or his team does. Uh, but yeah, he follow, follows me on Twitter and he's, he's liked a couple of my pictures without me having to tag him in, or his no. team has. Uh, and um, so that's a close I've got to Jamie Oliver. Gordon Ramsay follows me on Twitter as well. <laughs> no way. That's really yeah. cool. I know. Have you ever yeah. slid into his DMs? I've slipped into his DMs and got ignored. <laughs> <laughs> MC Hammer follows me on Twitter and I have no idea why because hey. MC Hammer. You're joking. Is he even still alive? He's followed me for like six years on Twitter and I don't know why. No, but I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. No, oh, in fact, I have spoke to Jamie Oliver. Have you? On the phone. I just remembered. Uh, about two years ago, he was he was on Instagram and he was doing. Uh, he posted something that. Oh, I'm in. I'm I'm in the office with Joe Wicks, and uh, we're going to do something new. Here's a mobile number. Ring us. And I just uh, frantically read out, read out, read out, and eventually got through. And uh, like talking to Jamie for about five minutes, and uh, and Joe Wicks kept pop, you know, piping up in the background. I was like, shut up! I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. <laughs> That's so, so funny. So yeah, I had to um, ask him a couple of questions, and um, that was really cool as well. But yeah, so twi- follow me on Twitter. Spoke to me on the phone. So the next step had to be meeting him. Yeah, put it out there into the universe. It's gonna happen. It. And if it's it gonna... does, get me something signed, please. I would do. It's got to put it out there. It's got to be answered. Oh, in fact, uh, last year or the year before, he was um, he just released his new book. I think it was a Jamie Italy, and he was in Manchester at his uh, Jamie Italian restaurant, and I didn't find out about it till afterwards. Oh and I was no, that's the worst. Gordon Ramsay was uh, in my hometown not that long ago because his son goes to university here, oh, right. and apparently he was just in a Costa coffee with his son. No in way. my town in Devon uh, and yeah I didn't obviously find out until after the fact and the photos were coming out and I was like oh gutted like when would that opportunity ever arise but you know it's people on their time yeah. off probably not wanting to get harassed by the likes of me going oh Mr Ramsey hello hello I know <laughs> that happened in I was at a friend's house a few years ago and there's this Italian restaurant literally just round the corner and then it turned out uh, we saw online the next day Sylvester Stallone was there no way. Or uh, Warbitons, and he was in this Italian restaurant just round the corner. It was like, oh, Rocky was round the corner. We didn't. That is insane. I know. Oh, well. So, who, who else is on the list apart from Jamie then for chefs or foodies that you want to meet or get a recipe book signed by? Ramsey, obviously. Yeah. Ramsey. Ainsley Harrier. Oh, love Ainsley. Why, hello, Jill. I know. I love Ainsley. He follows me on Instagram. No way! This is not fair. Um, Ainsley, who else would I like to meet? Oh. I'd love to meet Rick Stein again because I've not seen him. It was years and years ago. Um, and if I could, if I could go back in time, Anthony Bourdain. Because mm. uh, he was he was amazing. Um, who else? Oh, I don't know who else I'd like to meet. Not sure. It'll come to me later. Come just, to me later. Just yell. <laughs> just yell oh, when it comes Gennaro. to you. Who? Gennaro. Oh, of course. Gennaro, of course. Gennaro, Jamie, Gordon. You know, just just the big names. <laughs> just all, all the big ones, you know. Nothing, ones, but... nothing too big. So then yeah. if you had to choose between, like, the, like, proper family home cooking or the more fancy stuff what would it be if you could only cook one forever oh it'd have to be home home comfort food mm-hmm. without a doubt without a doubt definitely because fancy food yeah it, it's nice but it's it's not everyday food it's very rich you're talking a lot a lot of butter mm-hmm. um, don't tell me wife how much butter I put in <laughs> when I'm making something fancy but literally there's a lot of butter goes in fancy food when I make it anyway where comfort food you've got so many options you know there's nothing nicer than a big bowl of pasta it's like a big mm-hmm. hug or a beautiful steak pie or chicken pie or yeah comfort food all day long definitely yeah. definitely and your favourite comfort food dish then oh lasagna Oh yeah, 
lasagna, lasagna. But I don't get to have it that much because no, my wife or the kids don't like lasagna. What? They don't like it. They don't like it. My, my son hates melted cheese. No. Um, so, no. So when I make a ragu, which goes in for a, a bolognese, uh, I always then keep some aside and I'll make like a little lasagna just for me for like in the week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love lasagna. It's proper comfort food with loads of Tabasco. Oh, yeah. And I, I do it with pork and beef. Mm. I don't use uh, mincemeat. I use actual cups of pork and beef and it gets cooked down for three to four hours in a rich tomato red wine sauce and it's just oh man oh, yeah amazing that's tonight now but do you uh, have it do you ever have it with garlic bread or chips chips <laughs> loads of pubs always do lasagna and chips and i'm like why are we triple carving if we've got it with garlic bread as well <laughs> no well you see i have this thing about pubs and food they should, in a pub, you should only serve a certain type of food, me personally. I don't want to go into a pub and see lasagna. I don't want to see a Thai green curry. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see a chicken tikka masala. Mm-hmm. I want to see a pie. Mm-hmm. I want to see... Oh, Gam and egg and chips. I want to see fish and chips. Yeah. I'm shank. I hate it when you go into the bar and they've got just stuff that doesn't belong in there. Mm-hmm. If I want a pizza or a pasta, I'm going to go to an Italian yeah you know you won't go to an italian restaurant and go oh yeah pasta pizza cheese and onion pie yeah i love that please (laughs) (laughs) so when you cook now do you find like the process of cooking easy do you just start throwing random bits and bobs in do you have a process because you do a lot of recipe development as well don't you so do um yeah you see when i'm cooking i'll have a i'll have an idea of what i want to make and what i want to put in it and it'd be basically just make it up as i go along or if it's something i've never made before i will do a little bit of research just to get the basics or have a couple of recipes I've never copied it, but just to get the, the, the gist of, you know, because yeah. if you've never made something before, you can't just pluck it out of thin air. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so I'll do a bit of research, but yeah, otherwise I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, bish bash, throw that in, bit of this. And I always say a recipe should be a guideline. You shouldn't have to follow a recipe to a tea mm-hmm. because you need to personalise it. Say a recipe says uh, three chilies. But you like your heart, stick another five in it, you know, mm-hmm. or put less in it, or put a bit of extra of this. That's why I don't like baking, because baking is, it's, it's chemistry. <laughs> you yeah. know, you have to, if you don't put them amounts in, you, you're knackered. My wife, she loves baking, so I do all the cooking, she does all the baking. And, uh, Perfect because, combination then. Exactly, and, but you should see the kitchen before she starts. Everything's weighed out, everything's cut up, so she's got everything there. The only time I ever have all my ingredients is ready if I'm doing a stir fry because it's literally mm-hmm. you have time to chop it up. It's it's you know because it's that fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like if I'm making something else, I can have my onions and garlic or whatever sweating down while I'm chopping something else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what's uh what's have you ever had like a massive disaster when you've been trying to make something that's just come out horrendously or? Oh yeah, lots of times. Um, I had a big disaster once with a food blender. I was making a um, a beetroot soup. Right. And, oh, uh, no. <laughs> I, the, the, I put all the stuff in the beetroot inside the blender. The lid wasn't on, but it wasn't plugged in. So I, I went to plug it in, but the switch was set on on. Oh, so no. So as soon as I plugged it in, I had beetroot all over my face, all over <laughs> the ceiling, absolutely everywhere. But... I have had some disasters where, like, I've cooked something. I thought I'll try something new, and uh, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, me but, too. It doesn't matter, does it? You know, if you if you don't try, then you you, you don't know. It could have been could have worked the opposite, and you're like, whoa, that's amazing. And I have done, you know, many times when I've tried something new and it turned out brilliant. But the thing you got to do with cooking, you you can't be afraid of failing. You've got to give it your all. And if it works, it works. Brilliant. If it doesn't work, you know, then you know for next time, right, actually, that was a bit too hot, you know, ring a fire tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, so next time, you know, take out some chilies or 
you, you can tweak it. You, the thing with failing is you learn from it and you become a better person, you become a better chef, you become a better cook. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people are afraid of failure. You should embrace it and make it your friend because you've got, from failing, you've got nothing to lose apart from gaining. And that's that's the thing with cooking, mm-hmm. you know. You make something, you balls it up. Can I swear on you? Yeah. <laughs> you balls it up, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Next time, you know, stick it in the bin and, and try again. Yeah. I made it. In fact, I had a failure the, uh, last week, actually. I was trying a, a new recipe for some um, uh, veggie burgers. Right. Uh, and it was chickpeas, roasted peppers, onions, butternut squash. Uh, and basically, the flavour was amazing. But when I, um, I took my eye off the ball and I whizzed it too much, it just became so loose and watery that it, it wasn't... It won't form into a burger. Oh, no. I had something similar with uh, falafels. Right, yeah. you got to be careful, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it's a good point you make because lots of people will message me and ask me, like, oh, how do you... Like, how are you so confident in cooking? And I'm not necessarily that confident. I'm just, like you said, I'm just not afraid that if it goes completely tits up, then I've probably got some kind of crap in the freezer that I can put in instead. And, you know, what to do for next time. And a lot of the stuff that I've created and made has literally just been by accident and stuff like that. So it's always good to just give it a go. Well, that's it. It's trial and error. And a lot of cooking is to do with confidence and knowing your way around the kitchen and know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it should be fun. It shouldn't be stressful. It should be, You should just, you know, if, it, if you need to, have a glass of wine while you're doing it. You know, whenever I make a paella, I've always got a beer in my hand. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll have my music playing. And I, I, I use it as a, a form of escapism. I'll, I'll lock the kitchen doors. I've got my music on. And I just, I just get on with it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, but um, with having the food blog, uh, you do tend to uh, eat a lot of food cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you, you know, you cook it, then you take in 200 pictures and, and this and that. But, yeah, it's, it's fun. Anybody who wants to get into cooking, they just need to get get on with it, crack on with it, and don't be afraid. If it tastes shit, don't worry about it. Just mm-hmm. have another go. Don't get disheartened by doing, you know, a few dishes which are crap. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, at least you're trying. At least you're not phoning the takeaway. At least you're not getting a ready-made meal. Exactly. You know, get me wrong. Yeah. Amount of times I get takeaways and and you know stuff on the freezer. It's at the end of the day, you know, life. We all live busy lives, mm-hmm. and sometimes I hate it. Like when chefs sometimes say, "Oh, you've always got time to cook, and there's always something to cook, and it's easy." And yeah, but it's not that black and white. You know, if you've been grafting all day for ten hours, yeah, and you get home you don't even the other night I ordered a, a, a kebab because I couldn't even be bothered putting a pizza in the freezer because uh, not in the freezer <laughs> now the freezer and putting it in the oven because I just couldn't be bothered uh-huh. I just wanted to get in have a shower and get on the sofa yeah and that you know so it's not always that black and white and we all live busy lives it's different for people that you know don't work or they're you know stay at home dad or stay at home more more maybe the part-time and you have got more time but when you, you're grafting you've got to do what you've got to do haven't you mm-hmm. exactly so you mentioned it briefly a second ago your food blog when did this come about when did you start how long have you been doing it this came about i think it was 2006 2016 something like that, so four years now and it basically uh, it started as a hobby and i have to thank one of my friends uh, for he encouraged me to do it without knowing it because uh, four four or five years ago five years ago uh, I used to be on Facebook I don't do Facebook anymore um, I've got one for family home cook but I don't have a personal one mm-hmm. and I used to post pictures on there of what I'm cooking what I'm eating and I'd get comments of people of, well off this particular thing going nobody cares <laughs> you know <laughs> nobody cares what you've had for breakfast nobody cares or you know like oh I'm going to sleep well tonight knowing what you've had for dinner oh, and I dick. thought Jesus. Honestly, I thought, oh, what an ass. But it got me thinking to the point that actually not everybody's into food, you know, it's and it wasn't as big as it is now, you know, people mm-hmm. taking pictures of food. I've took pictures of food for years and, you know, getting developed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to set up uh, the Instagram and just for people, and then if you want to follow me, then that's, you know, that, you know, follow me. And it just, it's kind of snowballed and it came becoming from 
a hobby to more of a passion and something I want to pursue. And it was around the time of MasterChef. So I did it messing about uh, prior to MasterChef. But then once I went on MasterChef, I thought, right, I'm going to take this as far as I can go and and see what I can do with it. And it's just grown and grown and grown. I mean, following is really, is, is you know, not what I'd like it to be. I've been struggling to get to 10K for the years, but I'm nearly there now with my 10K, so I can do the swoopy thing from the, the stories. Shout it out, but, shout out the Instagram account, the, hash, the uh, handle. It's at Family Home Cook. Uh, so, yeah, go give it a follow, go your, check it out. Your photos are amazing and deserving of much, much more of a following than you already have. I think they're really good. What's your like process? Do you have like a little mini studio set up? Is it just your kitchen table? No, well, um, it's normally, if you scroll down my Instagram feed, you will see that it, the design and the look has changed and evolved mm-hmm. over the years. Um, I did buy at one point a little light box. Like oh, box. I have one of them, yeah. Um, and I used to take um, pictures in that. Now, someone told me, um, why don't you try making all your pictures look the same? So it's instant, instant look, I can't talk. So it's recognisable straight away. Mm-hmm. So I did that, uh, and then I got bored of that, and I wasn't liking it, and then I was switching it up. And then what I do now is I bought all these different backgrounds, mm-hmm. um, and I've got it set up in my garage now because of the winter, and uh, I bought some... Um, which every food blogger, photographer will know of taking pictures in winter is a pain in the ass because of the light. Yeah. And you want natural light. Uh, so in the winter, I, ha- I do it in the garage and I bought some, they're only about 50, 70 quid from um, Amazon, some light studio lights. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, roll out my mat, put down my dish and I've got you know the studio lights and I just mess about. And I normally do for one dish, maybe anything between 10, 10 pictures. Mm-hmm. 10, 20 pictures, but what I need to buy is something, and I do it all on my phone. I don't have a camera. Really? Uh, I thought you definitely oh, had a camera. No, no, no. Yeah, a few people say that. It's all in the editing. Um, but I need something to um, put my phone on because then I'll, I'll hold my phone and I think, oh, that needs moving, or oh, that needs adjusting. Then I have to put my phone down, adjust it, and then I lift the phone back up and I'm in a different position. No. Like, oh, <laughs> But no, in in now that we're getting into spring and summer, I do it on my dining room table because we're next to a couple of um, patio windows, or I even do it on the floor next to the patio doors, so you've got that natural light. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my that's my process. But yeah, it's all done. It's all done on my phone. Wow. So what do you edit it with? I use a an app called. Um, so you know, it's called. It's called Lightroom. And oh, it's a free that's, app. that's what I use too. But my photos don't look as good as yours. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a free app on your phone, uh, and it's really good. I, I did try downloading the app on the program onto me uh, onto me computer, but uh, it's not free on there. No, I know. Yeah, it's annoying. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I your photos look amazing, and I think they do. They definitely do have like a style that's th- throughout all of them. I think they're definitely recognisable. They oh, always pop up on my feed, and I always know that it's your photo before I read the tag, so... Oh, thanks. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm highly critical of my own, everything I do myself, and I yeah. look at it, and I like it, and I go, oh, yeah, it's okay, but look at such and such a person. I wish I could do it like that. Oh, but don't I guess even... I mean, other people do that as well, you know. Yeah, just... definitely. I Sometimes when I'm scrolling through and I'll see people's photos, I'm just like, I am not worthy, but... You're right, it's just your your own worst enemy sometimes, especially when it comes to doing any kind of creativity, I think. It's searching for perfection, and you always want to better yourself, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Well, I do anyway. I always want to do better. I always want to try my best. And, you know, and as well, I guess, you know, when you you got your own brand and you you want to portray it in a certain way, you want it to look good, and so it is what it is, isn't it? You try your best. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think you're doing it well. So where, what's your ambitions? Where do you want your blog to take you? Oh, to the moon and back. I'd love <laughs> to take as far as it, as far as it can go. Uh, I'd love to be able to, at some point, uh, be able to make a living from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the moment, I do lots of bits and pieces. I've just had, uh, look, I've just had some noodles sent to me from a company. Oh, nice. 
to test out and uh, so yeah I'd like to do more recipe developing I've done it for Sainsbury's I've had a recipe in Delicious magazine which was amazing two page so spread in Delicious magazine um, so yeah I'd like to do I'd love to do more TV stuff mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely I mean how much fun was it when we did it oh it was so fun and I'm such a TV geek as well I was just obsessed with seeing how it's all made do you find I, I definitely after I was on MasterChef and watching it I watched TV different like I was saying to my wife last night we were watching Come Dine With Me yeah and uh, one of the contestants said something and I said bet you any money the guy behind the counter counter behind the camera <laughs> prompt him to say something yeah no I'm I'm ridiculous I get out of hand like especially with those like one-to-one things where they're just talking to a camera and they'll say something I think to myself I know exactly the question they've just been asked that's made them come out with that little sentence (laughs) definitely definitely because they do give you a little I mean the guy that we had prompting us he was brilliant wasn't it and he knew what to what to say yeah (laughs) what it's going to be like so yeah going forward I mean I'd love to be able to uh, at some point make a, a a living from food you know doing food shows more recipe developing tv podcasts anything Mm -hmm. anything to do with food really i guess that's the same with you you know yeah definitely well i yeah i definitely want to do more tv i i'm just obsessed with it it was really fun and just yeah just little things like the sometimes you get cool opportunities with having a blog and every time I get a message or a photo of a recipe that a follower's tried and they've sent it to me, it's literally just like, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not just doing this for fun. Like people are actually reading it and looking at the stuff and trying it, you know? No, how mad's that? I had that yesterday. Somebody commented on uh, me chili con carne saying, made this tonight. It was the best chili I've ever had. I was like, oh. It's literally it, the best we do. It's weird, you know, like I'm just nobody. I'm, you know, just a guy mm-hmm. and I've got like nearly 10,000 people following me. It's like weird. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you know, like people that have got like, I don't know, 50, 70, 100,000 followers, they must just get pestered with uh, companies all the time, mustn't they? Because I get, you know, a few bits and pieces offered to me. Mm-hmm. So these people must just get. I guess um, it depends because I've got 75,000 on Facebook, right. which is different to Instagram, obviously. Because I didn't have Instagram for ages for some reason. I started it all on Facebook. Right. And um, it seems to be like it gets worse. People will just want to have, they'll send you like a spoon and be like, can you promote this for two weeks, posting about it every day, saying how wonderful this spoon is and stuff. <laughs> and it's just like, it just seems to be more ridiculous. Oh, well, I, I've, I've got to the point where, because I, I get offered bits and pieces that, I work with brands in two certain ways and I say to them, listen, if you want to send me something for free, that's not a problem. I'll try it and I'll post it on my stories. Mm -hmm. But if you actually want me to do something a bit more involved uh, and post it on my feed and do a bit more, you know, a bit more stuff with it, then I'll put you on my feed, but there's going to be a cost for that. Uh Because it's a bit more involved. I think people forget with like bloggers or influencers or things like that. They think, oh, you've got this free thing or a free meal or free this free that but while it is free on that sense there's a lot of work that goes back into it if you're sent a product that you've got to work into a recipe you've got to develop the recipe you've got to take the photographs you've got to write the posts and it's like hours and hours of work in exchange for whatever you've been sent but I think people seem to forget that side of it and just think oh you just get free stuff because the amount of people like I don't really do too much reviews of products anymore when I first started blogging I had like a big box of stuff that I've been sent and everyone would come around and be like oh my god I'm gonna start a handbag blog and then I'll get loads of free (laughs) handbags and stuff like that but it's not necessarily that easy no no not at all so um you mentioned your kids as well do you do a lot of the cooking for your kids um not during the week um my wife because she gets home before me, so she does uh, usually... We all eat on different timetables, mm-hmm. Monday to Friday, because um, I'm, I'm usually the last one in. My wife gets in, she picks up the kids from school, so she'll sort them out. And it's usually very basic stuff during the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be, you know, it can be fish fingers and chips and beans, mm-hmm. you know, one day, or it can be sausage and mash, or just... But we try and keep it healthy and 
you know, getting much veg in as we can. You know, like if I make a, a tomato sauce, I'm, I'll hide a lot of veggies in it, you know, carrots and courgettes and, and, and so forth. Uh, but mainly at weekend, that's when we, we all tend to eat together. So on a Saturday, the kids will all eat together and me and my wife will eat together uh, later on once they're all settled. That's like our night out, you know, because we've got kids, so we don't go out that often to, to restaurants. So we try to, on a Saturday, make something special and have uh, a good night. And then on Sunday, it's got to be all of us sat around the table for one day of the week and we have a big, big family dinner, be it a roast dinner, a curry, a it doesn't matter what it is as long as we're all sat around the table mm-hmm. uh, because it's the only chance we get because you know like I said before we all live busy lives and we're all on different timetables my daughter's in high school so she comes home a different time from the other two the other two walk through the door they're starving straight away you know mm-hmm. so it's just it's family life isn't it yeah. I mean don't get me wrong if I didn't have to work and I was at home every day the kids would be getting something homemade fresh and different every single day of the week mm-hmm ain't happening at the moment and as well I'm not going to spend uh, my Sunday hours and hours and hours in the kitchen prepping dinners for the rest of the week because I want to relax as well yeah exactly so what's your ideal Sunday dinner then oh oh it depends it depends on the time of the year yeah depends on the time of the year a roast dinner in the summer is no fun no it's not no it's not you know what on a Sunday in the summer it's a paella Mm. it's a paella out in the garden on the table and we bring the dish and we put it in the middle lots of bread that's that's our Sunday dinner in, in the summer in the winter it could be a big massive chilli con carne around that's normally comes out around October bonfire night Halloween big chilli yes. con carne in the middle of the table I always I love it on Sunday we just bring the dish to the table mm-hmm. and you all just tuck in mm-hmm. the same uh, or it can be uh, a, spa- a big massive pasta dish, yeah. a big spaghetti bolognese. It can. It doesn't matter what it is. It's got to be as long as it's comfort food, and we're all together. That is, you know, that's Perfect. what counts. I mean, it can be a takeaway. It can be a curry from down the road. As long as it's in the middle of the table and we're all tucking in and we're all shouting over each other, <laughs> trying to get our words in, or I'm bollocking one of the kids. You know, put that rubber down. It's not a hat. You know, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter as long as we're. What matters is that we're together and we're eating and we're having that that bonding time. The right. meal, and it'd be like never again. <laughs> <laughs> Do any of your kids have any interest in cooking? Do they take after you, or are they more baker like their mum? No, none of them are interested. They're not no. bothered. <laughs> They're not bothered. Not, not bothered. But to be fair, neither was I when I was growing up. True, so, yeah. I don't know, think I was, no, when I was younger, younger. Especially when you've got someone that makes nice food for you. It's not like you need to. It's, it's, it's boring for them, probably. They'd rather, you know, my son, he'd rather just play on his Switch and watch YouTube and the eldest is doing whatever she's doing. And, yeah, they're not, they're not interested. But it's hard as well because they've all got their own personalities and they've all got their own likes and dislikes. And so it can be challenging i mean i've i've had it before where we all have we've all had different things <laughs> <laughs> what you you do what you got to do exactly now i've got some to, i'm not going to sugarcoat it and, and bs it and <laughs> oh yeah you know we do this and we i make sure we all have the same dinner we all do this it's there's there's, there's no you know no. i'm not going to keep it real exactly real talk you're not yeah. a celeb yet with with no. your own private chefs for the kids <laughs> That's it. That's the one. So I've got some random foodie would you rather questions. Cool, some of yeah. which I think are really hard, but you might think it easy. So would you rather not be able to eat chips ever again or not be able to eat pizza ever again? Oh, I'd rather not eat chips ever again. Pizza because is... At the end, right, because with chips, there's only so many directions you can take it. True. <laughs> you know, you've you got curry sauce, you've got gravy, you've got... Cheesy, cheesy chips and and so forth. Where uh, with a, if you talk in pizza, how many different ways can you take it? How many different toppings? How many flavour combinations? How many? There's all lots of different things, isn't there? I mean, you can calzone, you can. 
That's yeah. true. Although loaded fries are a thing that's coming in now, where you put like loads of pulled pork and everything on top of them. But then that's like a yes. whole other dish, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I do love loaded fries or dirty fries. Dirty oh. fries, yeah. Oh. Yeah, definitely. But no, I'd have to go with it. Because at least as well with pizza, you could try and go healthy. You could make a whole meal pizza base and you could put a bit of smoked salmon on it, a bit of this, a bit of that, you know. Yeah. Or you can take it to the extreme and make it a big, fat, dirty, full of donnery, oh. chilies. And you yes. can take it in so many different directions. Or you can be traditional and have just a, a nice... Uh, Neapolitan style margarita. Exactly. I think Even I think pizza. pizza. Yes. Do you know what? Uh, I had egg on a pizza once, and I thought it was going to be horrific, and it was really good. It was a breakfast pizza. It's amazing. I've not made one for a while, but I used to put sausage, uh, pancetta, black pudding, mushrooms, and a, and an egg, and nice. it's amazing sounds delish i want one of those now even though it's afternoon <laughs> uh so would you rather have to give up cheese or never be able to have crisps again never have crisps again same there's so many different cheeses i mean i know there's no there different is. crisps but cheese yeah no cheese oh cheese over crisps oh any day yeah i love a, I love a cheese board yeah love a cheese board I used to hate as well Stilton or Stinky Cheese, and now I love it. Mm. Absolutely love it. I put blue cheese in like ris- butternut squash risotto, or oh, I love blue cheese. It's nice. Oh. But I always, if I've got, if I'm having a cheese board, I always need to leave the stinky, smelly one till last. Yeah, I've got to stack the other ones and work my way up to it and finish it on the on the stinky one. It would ruin the flavour of the other ones, though, if you ate it, it first. Would. It would. But you know what? I love just a bit of cheddar. Yeah, classic. Or red Leicester. Yeah. So, uh, do you, if you had to have a choice between having a cheese board or having a dessert, would you rather have the cheese board or the dessert course? Oh, that's hard. That's hard because it depends. Depends what puddings are on this on offer. Depends <laughs> what time of year it is. Say if it was winter and there was the option between a cheese board and a sticky toffee pudding, that would be that. I might have to go for both. No, that's not, that's not no, allowed. I'd, I'd get somebody to order the cheese board and then yeah. I'd order the sticky stuff pudding and then I'd have a bit of both. There you go. I like that thinking. Uh, never be able to eat cookies or never be able to eat pastries? Uh, never eat cookies. Yeah, I think the same. There's lots of different yeah. things you can do with a pastry. Yes. Definitely. No no sausage rolls? No? No. No, no. I, I couldn't live about... Uh, getting a sausage roll from Greg's. <laughs> oh, they are so wrong and yet so right. I know, I know. Guilty pleasure. Uh, would you rather give up roast chicken or steak? Oh, roast chicken, definitely. I, I couldn't live without steak and I'm in steak tonight. Really? I think, yeah. I think I'd have to give up steak because I just use chicken in too much stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is very versatile. Um, I mean, again, it depends on, it's so varied, it depends are we talking just a straight up roast chicken compared with a nice grilled steak, or are we talking, you know, a slow cooked chicken pie, it depends how you're cooking the chicken, yeah. it's not that, do you know what I mean? But yeah. if, it, if we're talking just a steak and chicken, I'm going for steak, a nice, juicy, rare steak. Nice. All right and then, give up beer or give up wine? Uh, wine. Give up wine? Give up wine. I'll stick with a beer, thank you very much. <laughs> but I like to do both. Uh, mainly probably because wine gets me more pissed than beer. <laughs> yeah, quicker. same. I had a, I went to a work the other day, I had like four glasses of wine, and I was, I was gone, I was like really drunk, and then I felt really rough the next day. Yeah, if I had four glasses of, four like glasses of red wine, I'd probably be smashed, but if I had four pints of beer, I'd be... I'd be all right. I won't be pissed. I'd be on my way, but I'd be all right. <laughs> uh, okay, I think that's all of them. Oh, hang on. Apple juice or orange juice? Orange juice. I'd keep orange juice. Oh, see, I love apple juice, but I like. I really love them both. But I do as well. But no, I'd have to go with uh, orange, and also it'd have to be bitty orange, not smooth. Uh, okay. I like the bits. Okay, then. So if you could only eat one dish, one food for the rest of forever, what would it be? 
You know what? I'm going to go with... Oh, that's difficult. I'm going to go with what I'm making tonight, and that is steak. Steak with a nice portion of fries, not chips, fries, skinny fries, uh, a nice little side salad, and then potentially a sauce on the side, maybe a peppercorn sauce. Oh, peppercorn sauce. A glass of red wine. That's what I'm going for. That's what I'm going for, because that's what I'm making tonight. And... uh, yeah, and, and steak, it's got to be sirloin for me. Mm-hmm. And how do you have it? Rare to medium rare. Correct. Depends how, depends how on the ball I am when I'm cooking it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got to be finished with lots of butter, thyme and garlic. Yummy. What time do you need me? Uh, where, <laughs> where are you, Devon? Yeah. <laughs> you set off now? See you about 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. You bring the wine. Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. That sounds really nice. I want steak now. I think I might have to have steak later now. Yes, I'm having it. I'm going to uh, sous vide tonight, though. Oh. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, once I finish with you, I'm going to go to the butchers. I'm going to get a couple of nice sirloins and then I'm going to vacuum pack it with some butter, some thyme, some garlic, and then I'm going to cook it in the water bath probably around for about 45 minutes to an hour at 52 degrees thereabouts. That will cook it to perfection and then it will get finished off in the pan and it's searing hot pan with lots of butter. Lovely, yummy. So, what is your website again, please? The website is www.familyhomecook.co.uk. And I strongly recommend anyone listening check it out because looking at the food photos, you'll be very hungry. And as your Instagram as well, Family Home Cook. And uh, yeah, the Instagram is just at Family Home Cook, and that's the same on Twitter and Facebook. Amazing. Show the love, give me a follow if you like what you see. Click that, you know, follow button, give it a like, and spread the word and spread the love. That's it. Keep cooking, don't give up, don't be afraid. If you burn something, put it in the bin, start again, just crack on, it's all good. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time and coming on. No, thank you. I really look forward to this since, you know, when we, we, we met that week in, down in the Big Smoke in London. Down in the Big Smoke or up sideways? I don't know. I, I kept saying I was going down to London and everyone yelled at me because it's not down from where I am at all. <laughs> no, well, down for me in the Big Smoke and we thought we were very posh getting chauffeured around in nice taxis. And... Well, thank you again and, uh, yeah, hopefully have you back soon. Yes, I will come back whenever you want me. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It was amazing. And I will let all my followers know and uh, give you a shout out so they can uh, come and find you as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.